Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We got a real cool guest on the other side of our screen, a man on the couch. And uh, what's this movie called? What's this movie called? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember the name. I put it on. I don't remember the name of it. Is it the one with Ryan Reynolds? Yes, it is. So it's your choices, up. your choices are, <laughs> your choices are Ryan Reynolds or Jason Bateman, and tell me why. Both like, of you. I want to know one after like, the other. Like, what am I choosing between? I don't know. Like, I don't, who's, I don't, who's a you, better wait, person? Wait, is Ryan Reynolds Barbie? You decide on the criteria. I just want to hear the name. Ryan Reynolds or Jason Bateman? Okay. And then well, you got to tell me why. I'll, I'll go first. Um, I don't I don't know if Jason Bateman's Canadian, but I know Ryan Reynolds is, so he automatically gets a point because I'm Canadian. And um, if we're going by looks, I'm sorry, I'm shallow. Ryan Reynolds wins again. Really? And, yeah, well, I think Ryan, 100%. Tell I me think Ryan Reynolds is better looking than why? Jason what, Bateman. What about Jason Bateman is not is not there for you? I don't know. He looks... Oh, that's, it's mean. I can't attack it's not, someone's face. It's not mean. It's not mean at all. <laughs> he looks like weasley to me. He looks, he looks like an animal that you don't want living, living in your house. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you call pest control if you had something oh, like that like living in your place? I like the scruffy... It's the scruffy, like oh. easily approachable look of Ryan, right? It's oh. like I don't know. I think I could hang out with that guy. That is, that is. I, I, sh- I changed my answer to Linda's answer. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is more approachable looking. He looks more down to earth. He looks like every guy. Oh, yeah, I think so, eh? but also I do think he's better looking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know if I'm. You're, you're team Jason Bateman, aren't you? I, I don't know if I am. I don't know if I want to hang out with uh, the guy from. Hogan's family or the guy from Van Wilder? I can't figure that out. See, I, I go by I go by character that way. But Ryan Reynolds is into motorcycles. He he rides a bunch of motorcycles. There you go. Oh yeah, you posted that motorcycle thing. If you yeah. if you don't look out for uh, motorcyclists, you <laughs> might kill Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't do that. Well, hey, everyone, it's Amanda, and it is a Monday evening. I I would be totally sad. I don't know if I would, but you guys would. It's a Monday evening, and uh, we were actually supposed to start recording, God, at this point, probably two hours ago. And, you know, Linda had an appointment that ran late, then I had an appointment that ran really late, and then, you know, we were starving, we had to eat. Anyway, here we are, and we've got- (laughs) Oh, yeah, Mark's been pulling carpet all day. He's a little dusty, but- it's all good. Probably don't smell good either. Um, I'm way over here, so I feel okay. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Linda here on the other side of our Zoom, Zoom, not Zoom, Zoom, who is a functional medicine doctor in Washington State, and she reached out to us uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess, talking about a certain product that she uses uh, using phototherapy that she's had success with, and um, she recently listened to one of our episodes and thought we were funny, so I mean... <laughs> You guys are awesome. <laughs> so we said, sure, you think we're funny? You that's, can come on. That's all it takes for you. Right? That's all it takes. Someone you think walks we're up funny? And say, hey, Amanda, I think you're funny. Can I come on? Sure, come on. Yeah. All right. You know what? Well, I really a sense of humor is a great sign of health. So mm. I appreciate there that we very go. much. I, I hope you can't see the Doritos on my desk. It's a great sign of health <laughs> as I eat Doritos. Anyway. Everyone loves Doritos. Right? <laughs> it's an it's the 80-20 principle. Seriously. Exactly. Right? I, had, I had Greek yogurt with macadamia nuts and blackberries for breakfast. So I'm having Doritos for dinner. <laughs> You know, there have been days that I have loved having that orange color on my fingers. It was, you know, felt really. Oh God, I got to get that off immediately. Oh yeah, I can't. I can't live with that around. It stains. Some some people dig that shit. I don't know, man. I got to get that off like ASAP. Yeah, you got to ask yourself: Is there something bad that it stays on the fingers for so long? (laughs) And it's a valid question. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, artificial food dyes. Hmm. Anyway, whatever, man. I just had blood work done. I'm like, I'm like a, oh, yeah. I'm like a, a a 14 year old boy on the inside. Linda, let me tell you before we get started and introduce you. Many I episodes we have talked about the fact that me, I am the one in this relationship that you know I. I try very hard to make sure I stay hydrated. I try very hard to make sure I get a proper sleep. I walk, I exercise, I go to yoga. I try to eat, you know, the 80-20 rule. I try very hard to make sure that every every day I'm getting appropriate nutrients. This guy will go hours without eating. He sleeps two hours a night. He only up in in the last five years quit smoking. He smokes weed every day. All of these things. And this, this bro goes to the doctor just to just to check himself out like oh it's been a while let's see and he gets all this blood work done and they're like you're like like the picture of health i'm like how how (laughs) like i I said to him i go believe me i'm so happy because i want my husband to be healthy and happy and live a long time but on the other hand i'm like fuck man how how do you stay that healthy (laughs) spoke about this it's because i went decades of simultaneously staying healthy and abusing my body yeah. at the same time so, ah. now, so now when i let one go hey I, i'm i'm good for it it's just so funny to me because he was he originally went because he's like i i must have diabetes by now well, and uh, his blood work was beautiful i, I originally <laughs> went because i went to i had a doctor that i kind of liked and, and and we spoke about him before on the podcast what i liked about him was if I wanted meds, I would just go to him and say, hey, man, can I get these meds? And he'd just go, here's a script. Go for it. And then I, I showed up at his office one day, and um, I don't know if his underwear was just a little too tight or he woke up on the wrong side of the bed, but he just really mistreated me. And mm. I was like, that's not cool. And I started to think, yeah. I always go flashbacks to my mother. I was like, if my if you treated my mother like this, she would just accept it and, and roll over because she doesn't know any better. You're the doctor. What you say is right. But when you... When you decide to remove me from your treatment room without saying anything and escort me out like a child, mm. I'm like, hmm, and then refuse mm. to see me. I, 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 uh, I lodged a formal complaint with the college. And, mm. uh, and they're, they're like, well, you can go back and see him because they had spoken to him and everything else. And I'm like, no, thank you. I don't, I don't, one, I don't want to. And two, I don't believe he'd be able to see me on bias after that. So then I end up shopping around for a new doctor, which, right. which in the greater Toronto area, is Since next COVID, to impossible. is impossible oh, to find a new I doctor. I hear Canada has a lot of problems with primary care, keeping primary care docs. It's, is yeah, what I've heard. It's, it's hard, it, mm. especially after COVID or during COVID, because yeah. no one was seeing anybody in person, and then everyone's not oh. taking any new patients. So I found a guy who I guess just opened up a. Um, he he he's a new doctor. He just got his license at the end of. He's just a young little thing. Well, I don't think yeah. he's, he's young. <laughs> I don't he, doesn't look, he doesn't look young, or maybe he does. I don't know. But either way, because I'm new to him. He, First of all, he's like, you're 47. Why don't you have a doctor? And I'm like, well, well it's true. It was, it was <laughs> they always val- say that. It was a very they? valid question. It's like, well, why don't you have one? You're 47 fucking years old. So, you know, I went through the whole thing with uh, I had my family doctor who I've had since I was yay small because my father and him were really good friends in Trinidad and blah, 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 blah. He's my dad's buddy. He was my dad's buddy. And then he, he retired and then he passed. So I hadn't had a doctor. Then I found this guy in the neighborhood, and then he was just a dick after a while. And then this new dude. And so this new dude's like, I don't know you, so let's let's just do all the tests. Let's do everything. You're 47. You're almost 50. Let's test you for this, yeah. this, 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 this. Cool. Did all the blood work. Came, went back to next week. He's like, everything's good, man. Everything's good. <gasps> well, that is, that's great news. Yeah. It is um, great news. Yeah. I think that um, it sort of, it bears the question, you know, what kind of workup 
does a conventional doctor do on somebody when they're they're feeling okay and they're 47? And does that really give you an idea if there's something under the hood that's truly happening? And so now she starts to talk turkey because um, the fact is that most problems that we diagnose as conventional, I was trained as a conventional doc and now, oh, Maybe I should introduce myself let's, first. Let's do that. I was like, she's just going. I'm just going to let her go. Going. All right, everybody. We're going to uh, we're going to introduce Linda. As I said, she's a functional medicine doctor. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her backstory and how she got into this profession. Yeah, but we're going to put a pin in that for you, Mark. Right, so that we can talk about it. So, so yeah, I'm a functional medicine doctor, and I started as a family doctor. I've been a doctor for more than 20 years. And what happened is, is I got sick. I got really sick. I got so sick that um, I, when we purchased a house, I had my husband get one with a wheelchair ramp because I couldn't carry the kids anymore. I um, stopped being able to read to them at night. And um, so many things happened in my in my health. And so I, I look back on that time, and at the time, I was completely bummed because I didn't know how I could. I didn't think I'd continue to practice medicine. In fact, I mean, I had times in my office where my brain was so off that I'd walk out of a room and I couldn't even re- recall who I just saw. I, I, I thank goodness I had a great nurse. Nurses rule the world, <laughs> and and so I I had this period of time when I was very sick. And it led me into fig- trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with me. Because when I went, I had all normal labs. I knew I felt bad, but every like conventional lab that was checked, eh, it looked pretty good. And so they're like, hey, maybe you have some anxiety or depression or something. And, you know, I knew I was not depressed. I knew that I was, that there were real things happening. And that was when I found functional medicine, which is, uh, trying to catch things early, <laughs> so this is um, this is real was a really big turning point. And moving into natural medicine, understanding the value of things like massage, right? I mean, uh, you know, massage and integrative and holistic care is so important for people. And now we have new ways to um, identify things early and get people feeling better before they go down like the rabbit hole of diabetes or high blood pressure or heart attacks um, or degenerative conditions, you know. So um, that was how that was how I got into functional medicine. So before before we get into what functional medicine is, because I know there's people already listening saying, what is functional Say, medicine? What the fuck is mm. that? Before we get into that, I have to, what I just, I want to pause geez. on this. You yeah. getting very ill when you had small children and you're working as a family doctor. Was it something that sort of developed over time? Did you have like autoimmune-like symptoms or was it like Mm -hmm. one day you woke up and you're like, I don't know what's going on with me? Or was it slowly progressing over time? Developed over time. And in fact, it was around the same time, you know, my, my, I had a a brother who had been diagnosed with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. And, you know, I had a great fear that something similar was going on with me because, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease that's that's and that's where you start to lose yep. ability to yep. use your muscles and you it's, start it's with It's literally twitches. one of my biggest that fears. Is, like is. hearing you say mm-hmm. that your brother was diagnosed with that. Yep. That like ALS is one of those things where I yep. just like yep. because we still don't know enough about it and don't know right. like where it's coming from and anyway, it's some yeah. one of those things that like actually terrifies me. No, yeah, of course it should. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's a it is it's a very 
It's a difficult thing to deal with. We lost mm. my brother um, last year, oh. but uh, at the time, you know, he we saw signs in in him five years before he he was diagnosed with muscle twitching. And so this was a few years after we'd started to see the muscle twitching. And I was like, and as a, you know, a doctor and my husband's a doctor too. um, I was like, wow, the writing's on the wall here. And I, I know where this is heading for my brother. And I was, and then I started to have lots of twitches and weakness myself. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? And I was very frightened. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, what's interesting, and I'm going to say this is controversial, but I feel like my symptoms were related to a toxic mold exposure. I got out and I started to treat that um, with functional medicine binders. And um, and there is some research that links toxic mold exposure to Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, so the, so there's that that research was out there and I knew I had a mold exposure, um, and which is all, made me all the more scared. Uh, so you guys, if you're living in mold, you want to get out of it. But um, the, the I think it's true. It's a frightening thing to think about becoming locked in because mm-hmm. that's really where people go. They be, get locked in, yeah. still alert, and yet they cannot, you know, care for themselves, talk, move, anything like that. It's horrible disease. And um, so at that time, you know, I was scared and I was happy to have found functional medicine and I got better, but I didn't yet, I didn't really get to normal until I start, until I started to, to like go outside the box, even outside of functional medicine, start to look at biohacking, you guys. So let's, let's do some definitions then, right? Yeah. Let's What's, one at a time. Let's start with, boss, right? for, What's you know, functional medicine? Though, yeah, those of us who have only ever been to our GP and we know yeah. what, you know, Western medicine means. What yeah. is functional medicine and how did you, somebody who was, you know, trained as a medical doctor, like I find and I'm not, you know, I don't like to generalize medical doctors. Anyone who's listens a lot knows that I, I very often like to say like, oh, ah, yeah, doctors, do. doctors, doctors, but <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> that's okay. yeah, you do. so yeah. I, I just find that a lot of the medical doctors I either know personally or that I've encountered really seem to sort of shun away other alternative I'm putting in your quotes mm-hmm. alternative because I don't even think they're all alternative but that's for another conversation alternative yeah. therapies right it's like they they seem to have a very one track mind a lot of the ones I know so mm-hmm. with that type of training and you know working as a medical doctor how do you decide to step outside the box and yeah what is functional medicine how do you find this well I think that most conventional doctors come to functional medicine because they get sick I would say that, or a family member gets sick and they're like, we know something's wrong and we want it to stop. And, and they find that maybe there's a way to treat root cause. And so that, um, I think that that's certainly how I came to it was knowing that something bad was happening. And I, I, I didn't want to keep going down that road. So, um, the second question, exactly what it is, root cause resolution would be a good way to put it in a succinct little sentence. And root cause resolution means trying to reverse things early, catch things early, um, because problems start off small. And after they've grown to become boom, diabetes, you know, or, or boom, Alzheimer's or heart, heart attack, they're tiny little seeds that can be, uh, you know, or they're tiny little problems that can be fixed, but they have to be fixed early. Mm -hmm. So me with my twitches and my losing my memory, I mean, 
I, guys, I can't even I can't even tell you how difficult it was for me to process. I could not look at a phone number and flip a page and write it. So that's, you know, seven digits. I couldn't do that. I couldn't, um, while I was uh, taking care of my fish and I had to put drops in the tank, I couldn't count eight drops. I actually would have to count to four, start again, and count to four again, because I couldn't continue to focus for that long. So a lot of weird things were happening that, I mean, I knew were bad. I I thought I was going to have to quit medicine. So Mm -hmm. functional medicine when you go and you're gaslit by your doctor and that's, it happens and it's terrible. I don't know if Mark, if that's what you experienced, um, kind of getting gaslit, <laughs> but that happens. People will have real symptoms. The doctors don't really understand the source because they check these labs that that'll maybe be positive much, much later. Um, and they say, Hey, it's all, it's probably all you're in your head. Your, your labs look just great. So functional medicine will not ever say that ever, ever in a million years to you. Um, cause that's one of the main things we do is, is try and listen closely to a person's story and, um, look for the root cause and try and resolve that. Okay. So I have to ask then, how does a functional medicine doctor look for the root cause? You know, if not looking at labs and looking at blood work, what are the, the pieces, the investigative pieces that our conventional doctors are missing? And I mean, I know yes. for us, for example, it's time. Like, well, you know, yeah. we, we book a doctor's appointment and we've got, you know, I'm it's, putting in air quotes, free healthcare. So we've got 15 minutes to spew out yeah. all the symptoms we have. And they, in that 15 minutes, have to decide, this is what's going on with you. Here's some medication. So I think a lot of it is that that subjective stuff, right? The, your doctor is not listening to your your whole story and listening no, to all not. that subjective yeah. information, right? They're just, okay, this sort of sounds like this. Let's do some testing for this. Let's do some imaging for this. And let's, mm-hmm. see, what, let's see what comes out of that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then bang, period. That's and it. as Mark knows, since I was in my uh, late teens, early 20s, I would get what I could only... I, I feel 98% certain are like gallbladder attacks and it happens mm-hmm. infrequently, but mm-hmm. it, to me, it has all of the, like the textbook things that would happen if somebody had either gallstones or something going on with their gallbladder. Yeah. And every time this happens, I am in so much pain. I end up in an emergency room. They always do the ultrasound. Your gallbladder's fine. They do the blood work, no problem. And they send mm-hmm. me on my way and then I'm good, 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 good. And then, you know, six months, two years. It, it's very, it's very sporadic. It happens again, exact same way. And exactly the same thing as they go and they're like, everything looks good. There's nothing wrong with you. And then I go home. Something, something's, I mean, your body's giving you signals and uh, you know, I want to have a little bit of compassion for people who are trying to practice, um, who practice fast medicine because yeah. the most people that go to be doctors they really do want to help. Of course. And then they find themselves in this job where they are um, required required to tick off all these boxes really fast mm. and then uh, are, are, don't, aren't even allowed really to talk to people. Uh, and I think that could be even more true in Canada where right now there's such a, you know, not enough primary care docs. However, it doesn't ever give somebody the right to... Um, to gaslight somebody or or not listen to symptoms. I think that's more just just 
poor decisions on the doctor more than anything mm-hmm. else. Like, there's nothing stopping a doctor from saying, you know what, this is not going to be 15 minutes. This is not going to be I'm going to cram as many people as I can yeah. from 9 to 5 in this in this time spot. This mm-hmm. is not going to be you're swiping your OHIP card and I'm cha-ching at the end of the day. So I think that, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that comes down to the doctor themselves. Sometimes, but I, I also I also agree with Linda in that, like, in our case right now here yeah. in Canada, yeah. where there's such a shortage, okay. they're trying to serve as many people as they can that. and they feel stuck in that I have to get X amount of people through my door today because there's all these people waiting for appointments. I get it. I, right. I, I understand what right. you're saying. But at the end of the day, the same way you as a massage therapist, you can decide how your practice is going to run. You can decide, mm-hmm. am I going to see eight people back to back, hustle you in, hustle you out, and we're not going to have these conversations, whatever. You know what I mean? You're in control how you run your practice. Same way that doctor is provided maybe you're, you're in private practice and you're not working in a hospital, whatever the case is. And I don't even know if the, what the rules are there. But I just assume if you're in private practice, you're in private fucking practice. You can run your practice however the hell you want. And that's probably true. But again, I think there's a combination of things. Like but Linda said, there's, you know, it. gaslighting does happen. We see mm-hmm. it all the time. We have patients who come to us and say, like, they've seen X number of practitioners who are all telling them it's in your head. You can't find anything yeah. wrong with you, so it's in your head. Is that a doctor's ego more than anything else? I can't find what's wrong with you, therefore it's got to be in your head because I can't find something that's wrong with you? Sometimes. Mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that that's a problem. And, you know, in medical school, they do sort of train you to, to not, to, 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 to always know the answer, to always be able to give an answer, which I think is crazy, right? That is crazy. Anybody thinks they always know the answer. And that's another problem with these new kind of therapies, um, that aka biohacking. Um, the new kind of therapies, if you haven't heard of something and that, then you know it can't be a thing because you haven't heard of it. Now that's hubris and it it hurts people when when you don't know something and and you tell you tell somebody that that like it's all in their head um, because you don't have an answer. I think that's um that's, there's a little bit too much pride happening there. Yeah, uh, and that's why I mean I'm like I'm on the internet in a visit with a patient. I'm like let's look this up because I don't know everything. And I mean, I think being open to listening to a person um, and that, and you ask that follow-up question, how do functional medicine doctors figure out what's wrong with you, right? Well, we actually do do tests. Many tests we do are are related to conventional tests. And sometimes they, they, they dig a little bit deeper. So tests that we did not learn about in medical school and actually are a little bit closer to the kind of tests a naturopath might use. You guys um, familiar with the idea of natural medicine, naturopathy? Yeah, so I, I see a naturopathic doctor regularly, and that was sort of going to be my follow-up question is, would you say you practice similar to a naturopathic doctor? Because my my initial appointments with her for any condition are 90 minutes, right? And it's a full health history, and she'll send me for labs if I need them. And it is it is definitely just much more in-depth. And like you, she never says it's in your head or we can't figure this out. It's like, okay, if this isn't the thing, then we're going to investigate the next thing. I think that's one of the biggest things that's changed for me personally. I grew up always going to conventional docs and I'm heck, I have friends. I know they're caring people, but if I had something happening, I would probably be seeking care with a naturopath because they have more of a philosophy similar to mine. And um, there are times, though, I want to be taken to the hospital, right? So I sure. I see that there are important aspects of care that come from uh, you know, all different uh, 
types of medical care. So, but if I'm going to, if I'm not feeling good, I'm going to be seeing a naturopath uh, because they do have this different approach, this root cause, the root cause resolution is what they want to do also. Um, And the tests, uh, one thing that's evolved, I'll tell you, um, in the time that I've been functioning, functioning as a functional medicine doctor, is that I don't order quite as many tests, interestingly, because now I see that 80% of how people feel are based on choices that they make and um, habits that they've developed. Mm -hmm. And if I can start to just help sort of traffic direct them in the right direction towards these choices it's almost more important than the test because so many people everybody needs gut health and that's important for us to get the gut functioning really great you know you got to poop at least once a day preferably twice a day i <laughs> can we talk about poop on this show absolutely there are no <laughs> rules you want to talk about poop i'm I a mom no i rules. talk about poop all the time <laughs> it's so important right so if you get somebody's gut better, if you get them sleeping better, um, if you help them move in the direction of that, uh, of a healthy diet, like, you know, thinking 80-20. No, nobody's perfect, but we're all just moving and we're evolving towards um, towards a place of more, more health. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of symptoms resolve. From what I'm hearing, it seems like your, yeah, your approach is very similar to a naturopathic doctor. And since practicing this way, do you do you find that a lot of um, like you have a full practice? Are a lot of people skeptical in the way that you work? Are there people who still feel like ah, I'm going to go to the or do people feel like because you're a medical doctor, like it's it's the same? And what do your colleagues think about your switch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, interestingly to my face, they think it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> And what do they say when I walk away? Who knows? Um, but I think that. Um, most of the, the people that I would enjoy having sitting down and having supper with co- those colleagues, they all think think it's interesting. It's such a big switch that it's. It, I'm not trying to necessarily recruit people in. It's it really is quite a personal decision. Um, but I mean, I feel like uh, it's coming more into uh, common understanding and conventional medicine, functional medicine is being considered and. I, I I have a full practice. Actually, right now I'm not open to new clients. I am going to be starting to do some l- treating people on YouTube <laughs> for to to get the word out there, so that it's going to be a no charge thing for the people that I treat. And we're going to it's going to be teaching, so so that um, people are going to be able to come on, and will I'll. I'll be doing you know, the interview and talk about treatment to ch- teach people about what functional medicine is, what's what it's like if you go to a doc. Um, and one day I may open up my panel again, but right now I'm, I'm have been very very busy. Interesting. Now we'll go to the next definition. What did you call oh, it? Yeah. Biohacking. 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 Yeah. So biohacking is uh, trying to find, cut the shortest path to better. I think. It's using your own body's data, pretty much, um, and using the latest research that hasn't made its way into common usage, certainly not in conventional medicine. It may be a lot of these things are used in holistic and integrative medicine, things like light, energy, current. Um, 
And so those are some of the tools you'd use, but, you know, exercising more efficiently. Like if anybody's out there doing a whole hour of cardio, I have to tell you, that is not, <laughs> that is not good for you. It doesn't help you lose weight. Um, so, so trying to find the, the best way to get your body stronger, faster, better, right? Um, and that's what biohacking is. That's a coin, a term coined by Dave Asprey, who's the bulletproof guy. Um, and so now there's been, now there's a lot of buzz around it. Um, some people do super fringy things as biohacking, but I think of it as, um, you know, using, using tools that are available to everybody that helps you get better faster. Um, and some of those are, are, um, a lot of energetic type tools. That's something I didn't expect mm -hmm. to have a what did medical, you medical doctor talking <laughs> to me about using energetic tools. <laughs> Right? Oh, oh. Doesn't that almost almost feel like this is like another dimension we've entered? Functional medicine. Well, I, I have know. been microdosing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I know that part of the reason that you wanted to be on the podcast is, I, I mean, we will, you know, right up front say that this is, you know, a, another business venture you're in as well. But oh, yeah, you yeah. have discovered a tool. Uh, I guess uh, is what we can call it, that you've been getting great results with. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, what it is you're using with patients now? So I use um, these phototherapy patches with people, um, and it's like a little sticker. You put it on your skin, and what it does is it reflects back a little bit of light to you in a, in a pretty specific way, um, which raises different instruction molecules in the body depending on what patch is placed on so um the basically they're phototherapy patches though um i i could go deeper into it but sometimes uh, what's more important is what it does and what it has been evaluated um when you put them on people what happens um so somebody brought me a patch in my office and said hey i put and i've been working with them for maybe a year they had had hand uh, unremitting hand pain i mean they'd seen um, they'd seen other practitioners. They'd had a lot of imaging. They, you know, wasn't carpal tunnel, um, wasn't coming from their neck, and it just was present. And we couldn't, and they didn't want to take any, you know, strong pain medicine. Um, so they brought these patches and said, "This made the pain go away." And I was like, "I'm intrigued," because, <laughs> you know, I of course I had arthritis uh, problems with my foot, and I couldn't run. I could not like bounce on my foot. And so, you know, I said, I'll take a look. And I put some of these on for a few days and I could start to bounce on my foot. And after several days, I was able to think, I almost feel like I might be able to jog. And you have to realize at this point, I had gotten better from functional medicine, but I wasn't a normal person yet. I was not able to exercise. Um, I still, you know, I was able to work, but I wasn't really exercising because I didn't have the energy. And also, I couldn't bounce on my foot, right? I couldn't run. Mm -hmm. I used to run when I was in my 20s. And so I tried them for a few days. And gosh, I was able to start to use my ankle more. And then um, then they told me, you know, there's another patch that activates people's stem cells. 
And I was like, well, that seems just crazy. There's not even light in the patches. So at that point, you know, you got to back up and go, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the How skeptic is like, wait work? a minute. <laughs> You're telling me stickers activate stem cells. <laughs> right, right. Totally. Um, and so that required looking at the data and trying to understand how it could possibly work. What are the physics principles that are behind putting a sticker on and it being phototherapy? And um Basically, it's because there are nanocrystals within the patch, and when the the infrared hits it, um, they uh, because of the way that the the stereo isomers are layered, they filter out some UV and they reflect back a very specific wavelength. So the the um, uh, sh- long and short of it is, I started to read these papers and I thought, well, this is interesting. If it really does what it says it does. It's it's worth trying. And so I did start to try that stem cell activating phototherapy patch. And over the course of 18 months, I went from girl who couldn't exercise to I ran a half marathon. I mean, it completely changed my life. My I my vibrance came back. And and it and I was remember, I was this person who felt like she was dying. So um after you know several months of feeling a lot better, I did start to suggest clients try it. And much of my uh, the people I see are are what we call complex medical illness. So those are people with things like Lyme disease and and mold exposure because mm-hmm. they're very similar. And you know I had a mold exposure, so I had this experience of improving from it, and that helps you to be able to treat people. And those folks are super sensitive. They're chemically, they're sensitive to everything. They have rashes, they have symptoms like head to toe. Um, and and uh, these people were able uh, to start to use this um, when they may not be able to take medication and were having breakthroughs in their health. And um, so then it comes down to, well, what is this? How does the stem cell activating patch work? Because there's no, nothing transmitted to the body. Um what it does is it increases a copper peptide called GHKCU, um, glycol l histidyl L-lysine, um, and that's the that's the chemical name for it, but it's abbreviated GHKCU. And this compound, when we're like twenty, it, the amount in our blood is around two hundred nanograms per milliliter, and when we get older, it it declines. Um, and what it does is it turns on younger genes, basically. It acts like an epigenetic regulator. If you guys know what epigenetics is, have you heard of that phrase? Wait, you mark epigenetics? All epigenetics. I'm hearing is I could put a sticker on and maybe I'll be younger. I'm liking this. Keep yes. going. Keep going. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's the the basically I just I use it myself. Um, you put this on, it increases this compound, which activates stem cells. It affects the expression of about 30% of the human genome. And that's based on a study out of um, the Broad Institute and, and MIT at Harvard, uh, looking at what are our most powerful anti-aging compounds. And they this GHK copper peptide was identified as one of the most powerful anti-aging compounds. If we could take it in our mouths, we totally would as a supplement, but you can't do that. People, they put it into like anti-aging creams because it helps with wrinkles and wound healing. Um, they are trying to create hydrogels that they'll put in people's knees with with this copper peptide. But the only way you can systemically raise it is um, by the 
the light patch. Uh, so for the moment, that that's one way that you can turn on younger genes. Mark had a question. Patch. Are we just talking growth hormone here? Is that is that what is that what I'm catching? Oh on? no, no, Mm-mm, no. So um, if you, uh, it's a growth hormones uh, different. Uh, this this does something completely different by activating stem cells. It actually can um, when you put GHK. So this is how they discovered GHK. Interesting. They took liver cells from old people and they put them in a petri dish and then they put young blood on the on the liver cells and they found that the cells started to express younger proteins like a a protein profile that you'd see in a younger person and then what they set about was to figure out well what in the blood made that happen um and uh, they didn't understand how, but that was how it was it was discovered at first. And then back in you know, I think it was I think it was like 2016 when Harvard uh, came out with this database of looking at what are the most powerful compounds that affect the gene expression, and identified GHKCU as one of these very powerful compounds. Um. So that's when they started to realize why people feel so much better in so many different ways because it it affects thirty percent of your genes. Um, and I don't know what you know what percent of uh, uh, how, exactly how growth hormone affects, but it's nothing like affecting thirty percent of your genome. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's big stuff, and it, it helps people feel better. So I do. I am kind of a uh, trying to help people understand that there's something they've never heard of that it's a little hard to wrap your brain around how it works. But if you don't try it, you'll never know how much better can you can feel. I've seen people heal uh, because it, what it does, it turns on the body's healing. Um, and that's what we want. We want our own body to be doing it, not coming from somewhere else. And um, seeing people improve from all kinds of pain, aches and pains and chronic illnesses where they never thought they'd get better. Just because their body has the wisdom, right? This is blowing my mind because, I mean, we we all kind of like know this, but also like people tend to like just sort of push it aside. This whole idea of like your your body is built to heal, like your body wants to heal. We hear yeah. this all the time. And I'm wondering if people... I, I'm not I'm not trying to make this sound really bad, but do people do, do people tend to listen to you a little bit more again because you're a medical doctor? Because I've heard all of this. These things you're saying come from like, you know, the hippie down the street that's been practicing, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> has been practicing alternative therapy their whole career. And what they're saying is very valid. But people are like, OK, hippie from the forest. Whereas like you coming from this medical background, do you think that patients are more inclined to listen to you and try out a therapy they've never heard of because they trust you more. I also think it has something to do with the patient feeling like this is kind of like last resort here. I'm assuming just based yeah. on the conversation that yeah, the type that, of patient the type sees. of patient yeah. you have is like I've tried everything. I've gone to see my doctor. I've had tests up the ass about everything, and there's nothing. Yeah. This is the last resort here. Yeah, and so that's anyway. What do I know? Yeah, no, no, that's a really good point. Um, and you know, I think that uh, when Think of all the medical interventions that we do that have potentially really bad side effects, um, you know, and you've been through hell and somebody has tried so many different things and still isn't better that, you know, putting a sticker on is usually a, it's pretty 
safety, a low risk. I mean, I think that's nice. There's not side effects from it. And do people listen to me with the letters after my name? I th- I consider myself a bridge uh, between conventional medicine and, I mean, and natural medicine. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that I do benefit some from the fact that I, you know, spent four years in a medical school. However, um, this kind of, this, this is available to everybody. And I'm just trying to help. I mean, even naturopaths, they... They have to vet it, right? I mean, yeah. everybody's got to vet it a little bit, right? Go and go and look it up, uh, and you know, understand that there's some deep research there. It's just nobody's heard about it yet. It's only been out for a few years. That's the thing. So, for people that are listening and now very intrigued about what this is, I like. I know you're in you're in the states, so I don't know what it's like here. But if mm-hmm. somebody wanted to learn more or understand more, um, can you let us know, like where people can find out information about this, or do you have a place to direct people to if they want to learn more about it? And also, where can you direct someone that is a little bit more academic in nature that they want to go f- read stuff? Yeah. in that manner. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so one place, if you are interested in. So I have a YouTube channel where you can see me talk about the um, the patches, and that is if you go to at Feel Good Functional Medicine three four two nine. So that's my YouTube channel. So Feel Good Functional Medicine that's the name of my medical practice, um, and I see people online, and um, I also work with a Paloma Health. I, I do a, a, some thyroid some special thyroid treatment. Um, so Paloma Health is specifically a thyroid group. And if anybody's having issues with not feeling like their thyroid's adequate, adequately treated, Paloma Health is a, a great resource for people. But Feel Good Functional Medicine is my practice. And so I have a website, which is um, feelgoodfunctionalmed.com. And uh, the the place to find out about the patches, you can go to my website, feelgoodfunctionalmed.com, and I've got some pages on it. Um, or you can go right to the website, which is lifewave.com forward slash feelgoodfunctionalmedicine. So they, the, the type of patches, they're called LifeWave. That's like not um, life, not way, but wave, uh, uh, dot com and forward slash feel good functional medicine. And that's where you can learn about it. There also is, um, there's the, the research is there under the learn tab, the patents. Um, there are over 80 clinical studies on these patches. And, you know, when I originally reached out to you guys, I reached out cause you're massage therapists. This it, it's interesting. Um, I have people come into my office and there's a, a, trio of patches I can put on them that in the moment can help with tissue release and range of motion. Um, And that's uh, the Eon and the Ice Wave and the X39. And when I use those on, I've had people doubled over walking in and be able to be like, stand up straight and walk back out um, by using some of these. So I just, am, I'm trying to be an educator. And if people want to ask me questions, I they can email me clinic at feelgoodfunctionalmed.com. That's on our website. 
we're not open for new clients, as I mentioned right now, but I am working on some live workshops and some free stuff. I have some free courses like in gut health and things like that, that you can access if you're interested in trying a little functional medicine for yourself. Woo, that was a mouthful. I'm so sorry. I'm talking too much. Oh my no, this is good because this is something, like you said, people haven't heard of it because it's very new. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Um, but I want you kind of gave a little bit of this answer talking about, you know, somebody mm. coming in in pain. Like, what types of conditions have you had really big successes with using these patches? Mold, Lyme, arthritis, headaches, neurodegenerative conditions fatigue, thyroid problems, breathing problems, stomach pro- I mean because you know the the list is long and and there's no medical claims because all this does is increase the copper peptide that turns on people's healing. That's all it does. Mm. Um at least the X39 patch, that patch in particular and that's that is the most important patch because that's the stem cell activating patch. Um so I can say with not, I mean, I could say with certainty that if people try this for long enough with something that that they want to get better, um, if they follow it and try it for long enough, it's probably going to start to improve. Just because I've seen in every area, um, people make improvement. That's pretty cool. Have you seen it not help? Yeah, in one, and there is one person that I talked to who tried it for two years. Um, I met her at, she was actually a distributor because she used it in her clients. She was an acupuncturist and she had tried it for two years. She's like, I know it's going to help <laughs> because I see it help all my clients, but I haven't really felt anything. And so that that's the one person that I've seen try it for a long time without feeling the benefit. Now, is something is it doing something in there? Probably it is. But um, the fact is when you increase stem cells, uh, in your body, you can't direct where they're going to go to. They may be working on some internal organ that you don't even know, but I'd say um, most people clearly experience a shift in one month and uh, 98% of people at three months. I had someone with Parkinson's who could not walk when he started the patches. And at four months, he felt like, oh, you know, he had back pain improvement that he'd had for a long period of time. And at eight months, he could walk. So, like, I, so I, I now that's, that's his, those are his symptoms of Parkinson's. I can't say it's curing Parkinson's, but he sure was feeling better. Um, you know, looking at a lifetime of, you know, not walking, because usually that doesn't get better, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, so I've seen a lot of, interesting things happen. And once again, I got to say, I'm not claiming that it treats those things. Well, all it does is it turns on the body's ability to heal stuff. That's the, that's the, that's the disclaimer. Results may vary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I gotta Results make sure that may vary. people hear that so they don't say, she said it would cure Parkinson's. Oh my goodness. Not Can you I'm imagine? Saying. Everyone's now going to be accusing you of saying you found the cure for Parkinson's. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what's happening here, people. This yeah. is this is really interesting. Now I want to know is this something that would be accessible to most people? Is this a very expensive type of therapy? Like what kind yeah. of commitment are people looking at? Yeah. So when we think about stem cell injections, very expensive. Those are 10,000, 20,000. Um those are very expensive. So this um for one month supply at, on auto ship is $100 a month. 
And what's nice is if you are on auto ship, you, you can refer a few folks and then have your own patches coming for free. Uh, so they have a deal like that where if you refer people, um, they're also, I mean, there's a business opportunity there. The company grew uh, Jeepers 10 times in three years since the introduction of these stem cell activating patches. So it's a worldwide company and it's really a neat, a neat group of positive people. So there's a, for, for anybody who wants to share the love, I welcome you to call me, reach out to me. I can help you. Um, but uh, it's it's a pretty cool company to work with. Do you get pushback for that? You know, there's a lot of people who are terrified and want no to be nowhere near like multi-level marketing type companies. <laughs> do you get pushback? Like people saying, no, oh, no, no, I can't. I can't have anything to do with this. Totally. Absolutely. You know, and of course, that's that's where I was when somebody when I, you know, the, my first thought was like, oh, oh, did it have to be? Did it have to be? Right. Um, because, you know, everybody's, everybody knows stories, but now I see it as a a business model. It's just a way that they chose to market them. And the other thing is if it wasn't as powerful as what I've seen happen, I probably wouldn't have persisted, right? Just because, you know, but, but when you see something change the trajectory of someone's life, uh, then you're not worried about the business model as much, right? I think this is fascinating. Any questions, Mark? You look like you're deep in thought over there. I'm not. Deep, <laughs> I'm not deep in thought. It's just the the, the business. Hmm, how do I say this? Don't take offense to anything I'm going to say. Oh, uh, no offense, no problem. This type of business model is more impactful when someone that's that's speaking the praise has no stake in the game. Sure. Yeah. It, that's that's the only thing. <laughs> I think that's yeah, yeah. I think that's why I was I asking about the pushback because that's how people feel when it comes a, to yeah. this type of thing. They're like, because well, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's a weird marketing play. And the marketing move is like, well, look at all the great stuff. Oh yeah, I, I sell this, or you can get involved in it through me. Versus someone just saying like, look at all the great stuff. Period. Walk away. Do you know what I mean? Versus like, here's some information, here's some value, and walk away. You know, right, it's, totally. it's, it's got a completely different tone to it. But yeah. anyway, what do I know? This is not a. No, not a no. I think you bring course, up a, <laughs> a really, really good point. And because many people feel that. And uh, the the question is, are we going to let that that like discomfort block potential for healing in a way that I mean I I, I think that uh, it is fine going, to say I'm not I'm uncomfortable with a business or model. Are we going to allow that discomfort to be a barrier in the word going out and the growth being there? Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. a good way to put it. Um, and I, I, you know, it's been it's I've struggled with with this for sure. And because now I know, uh, you know, people will say, "Oh yeah, look, she she's." teaching about the patches. Well, she sells the patches. And I get all kinds of comments like that on my YouTube videos. But the fact is that this is education about a way to increase something that you can't, you can't take in a supplement. So I don't don't know. I, I, it's not been a, I've gotten over it myself and people don't have to try it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not something you got to try. I just want people to know it's it's available. Does your husband still practice medicine too? Yeah, he does. And he's a, he is really conventional. We're like right. the yin and yang. I'm like, babe, we should have a podcast because um, he is very conventionally minded. And yet, you know, when he doesn't feel good, 
who does he ask? (laughs) (laughs) Who does he say? He says, honey, will you do your voodoo on me? I'm like, okay, come sit down. Let me get the light. Here's a patch. Um, And and after three years, uh, you know, now I've uh, of of me talking about the patches. Now he is every day, okay, give me my patch <laughs> because he knows that he is feeling better and it's helping some of his issues. That's what I, that's kind of what I was meaning before when I was talking about like, how did you get out of that mindset? Because I've noticed it seems to be a lot of people, um, even in our community as massage therapists, there are very hardcore, like um, evidence-based. I mean, we're all, we all like to be evidence-based and evidence-informed yeah, in the sure. way we treat, but however, there's ones that are very hardcore and where if it's something that doesn't have solid research behind it. It's thrown out the window. Yet, interestingly enough, one of the most evidence-based people I know, he was on the podcast recently, said the only treatment he ever goes for is reflexology, but he doesn't believe in it. There's your husband, super conventional, (laughs) but when he's not feeling well, he's like, patch me up, baby. It's it's like the the hardcore conventional people... But what does he mean that he doesn't believe in it then? I don't know. You were here when he said that. I wasn't listening because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because, because, well, at some level, he believes in it. <laughs> exactly. Well, what, yes, yes, maybe it's not level. just gotten up to his brain. He's, I yeah. think his I don't his believe, believe in it. In it. <laughs> yeah, the, the the I don't believe in it. I think is that I don't understand why it works. But somehow it's working for me. I would never practice this. I would never refer people to it because I don't even understand what's happening. But it works for me, so I go do it. That's silly mm. to not refer people. Then mm. those are those are my words, not his. <laughs> so 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 which uh, forget the whole conflict of interest thing. Would your husband refer patients to you if if it wasn't a conflict of interest? I'm assuming yes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I. Uh, I like when I meet people like you, Linda, who are kind of bridging the gap between that. Like I, the first naturopathic doctor that I ever saw regularly, her job before becoming a naturopathic doctor, she worked in genetics and she actually worked in um, making vaccines. Like couldn't be more different than when getting into natural medicine. And I loved listening to her and getting her perspective on things because she did have sort of both sides of the coin. There was the very conventional side and then the more natural natural side. Um, some of the doctors that I follow online have a little bit of both. So do you ever get the uh, the email or the client coming back to you saying, I spoke to my medical doctor or the email coming from the medical doctors, the other the conventional medical doctor saying, Stop what you're doing. You're filling my patient's head with all this, this, this shit, and you're making them believe that they're gonna, they're, they're gonna get better from this condition when we don't think that's. Like, do you ever get that type of blowback from, from, a, from a, from a colleague? The only time that I have gotten that is when I, well, and many doctors don't like to be told what to do, right? Right. <laughs> so when I've, I've sort of gone out on a limb and written a letter saying. Hey, hey, there's this medical condition that you need to check out, which is really not not a natural thing at all. But it's like you guys need to look into this medical condition. And I I did have somebody um, a- after I sent that letter, uh, they said to the patient, "You know, is, is this woman is this woman a quack?" And I, I actually said, "You know, she needs an MRI of her back or something like that." I was talking about a conventional problem, right. but nobody likes to be told what to do. I think that's true because there's a lot of ego. Because I can see that coming from massage therapists all the time. Like we hear, I, I we we teach courses, so we have massage therapists here all the time, where a patient comes back from seeing their doctor and they're relaying their information that the massage therapist gave them to the doctor, and the doctor's like, "No, that's not it. They're, your massage therapist doesn't yeah. know what they're talking about." Oh. Right? I wish. 
that everyone would just work a little bit closer together. So just yeah. as an example, I had um, some issues going on a while back and I was seeing both my medical doctor, I was seeing my naturopathic doctor and the naturopathic doctor actually, actually suggested that I go to a um, osteopathic manual practitioner. And I mean, osteopathy is not new, guys. Like this has been around forever. And so when yeah. I said to my medical doctor, it's very um, effective. right. So I said to my medical doctor, my naturopathic doctor actually thinks I could benefit from osteo. And like I could literally hear her eyes roll. Like she just Are they scratchy. She, oh my she just kind of looked at me and she said, I, I mean, there's, I guess there's no harm. You can try whatever you want. She said, but you know, they're not regulated. And I said, okay, they're not regulated here in Canada. Yes. Mm -hmm. However, like this is a manual therapist. Like they're not claiming to be a doctor because that's, that doesn't work that way here. It, it's a manual therapist. Most of my issues are what we're, I mean, even she was agreeing. Most of my issues were probably musculoskeletal issues. So I was like, well, what like I don't know it was just very very interesting that right away she rolled her eyes instead of saying oh my gosh sure go no, give it no a try and now me knowing like I'm you know I work in in this profession so I understand a little more but I was just thinking imagine that other patient who doesn't know anything you know mm -hmm. the person who works a nine-to-five job behind mm -hmm. a desk that went to the naturopath went to their regular doctor the naturopath says you could really benefit from seeing an osteopathic manual practitioner and then the the family practitioner rolling their eyes like mm. now you're confused, right? Yeah. I've got two okay. medical professionals who are telling me the other one doesn't know what they're talking about. And I, I don't really, I don't really like that. I think we could well, all work together a little bit better. Yeah, we all just play nice, right? right? Work together for sure. Well, and you know, craniosacral and osteopathic manipulation, if everybody could have that from the time they're born, because you know, when you get go through the birth canal, stuff happens. And if we could all have that, we would all be functioning better. It's it's all connected, right? Um, and then also our body is storing memories and tissues, right? So I think that that there's another source of issue, and that's why getting massage is so beneficial for people, regular massages. I'm a big fan. Um because you know. We, we it, it helps everybody universally. So I have to agree, but there could yeah. be some bias in that agreement. See, no, you, tell, <laughs> you telling me that, right? That's, if you had no stake in the game, we would have had a different right. Exactly behind the message. Like I have some bias here. Yeah, it was John Smith down the street saying massage is great. <laughs> what right. do I know for fuck's sakes? What nothing, do you know, Mark? Nothing, absolutely <laughs> nada. Well, do you have any other questions for Linda? I think she did a good job explaining what she does because I I walked in here today not really understanding what functional medicine was. So I have a good understanding. Are you making the same type of dough that you're making? <laughs> well, know you know, you're I'm to trying to put that, myself out of out of work <laughs> as a functional medicine doctor with patches, mm -hmm. um, and so that's a. It's as a functional medicine doctor, um, people tend to charge for packages. Mm. So that's it's a little different structure. Many times it's out of the insurance right. spectrum. You know, and one thing I really want to make happen is uh, to create avenues for free functional medicine for people because um, I think because people have to pay so much to get trained, they tend to um, charge pretty goodly prices. Mm -hmm. And that's why I make free courses. Like I've got a free sleep course, a free gut course. And um, I, I think one day it'll be the way that all practitioners practice initially with li it's lifestyle medicine, right? It's, it's, uh, um, and, and it should be free. <laughs> that's what I think. 
with you. It should be free. It should be free. And it, it, there, there's a lot of good information out there. And if people do want to do sleep, a free sleep course, free gut course, they can email us. Well, I appreciate you hanging out and waiting for us this evening and teaching us all about functional medicine and putting <laughs> sure. up with our nonsense. You Your guys nonsense, are awesome. So. You're, well, I, I, loved, I loved it and uh, would love to uh, come back and talk sometime. Um, if you ever have any other questions, you know, questions, we can dive deeper into topics. Thyroid is also something I really like to talk about because I feel like thyroid patients are are treated unfairly. Talk about a population who's um, kind of been gaslit. Many times they'll have a normal TSH and the doctor will say, oh, but your, th- your symptoms couldn't be from thyroid. And that's one of my pet peeves. So if you ever want to talk thyroid, I'm happy to. She got passionate there. We might have to do another whole other episode <laughs> on the thyroid. What we'll do is um, we're going to have your husband on at the same time. Yeah, we'll do. Oh, a, we'll have a chat yeah. with all four of us we'll next time. A, yeah. Oh, that could be good. <laughs> all well, right, Linda, to meet you. thank you. It was great to meet you as well. Yeah, thanks. And uh, we'll talk soon, okay? You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.